If you have your Bible, why don't you open to 2 Chronicles 20. Um, Tanner carries his heart for worship and praise that we get to experience, and we're going to jump into a familiar story. If I can find it, it's before Psalms. Anybody else out there needs that help? <clears throat> um, this this is an important chapter. A lot of a lot of prophets are speaking out of this chapter right now um, because I I know all of us have experienced warfare recently. How many has experienced warfare recently? And uh, we're in this season of spiritual warfare. Um, Lots of stuff going on, lots of tension in the air, lots of confusion in the air, a lot of us trying to figure out what we believe, what we don't believe about the mask narrative, about the COVID narrative, about racial injustice, about elections, all that stuff like is in the atmosphere. And, uh, and we're of the church, we're of the bride of Christ, we're the ones that are supposed to be carrying joy, somebody say joy, <laughs> and peace which are main virtues of the kingdom of God. And so this peace, joy, kingdom of God is where we're supposed to be positioned in the midst of war. And, uh, and so this particular chapter that we're in, another pastor down the road that I saw titled it, Ambushing Satan with Song. Ambushing Satan with Song. Um, we spent about 30 five minutes this morning worshiping the Lord. And I wish we could see in the spiritual realm what that accomplished. I just wish we could. Someday we're going to get on the other side, and we're actually going to see the angelic realm being loosed on the earth because you guys worshiped in faith. And uh, into situations that's in your life because you exalted the Lord in the midst of a hard time or a good time. And so I want to just talk into this, and Tanner carries a lot of revelation in this, and, um, and so I'm going to be pulling on him. Uh, I mean, we're going to try to shorten it up. Last time it went a little bit too long, so we're going to try to figure, figure out. I'm going to try to shorten it up, okay? Not you. It's me. My fault. Holy Spirit, thank you for your word. Thank you for every story in the scriptures that is true to unveil reality, spiritual reality to your people. Lord, help us be hungry and thirsty for the unseen truths that are in this story and in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, this is the story about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah, and he's actually at the temple in Jerusalem when this story takes place, and there uh, had many years of peace, kind of like America. We've had many years of peace. Israel had many years of peace as Jehoshaphat was the king. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, Enemies come together, combine their armies to come at Judah, and that's where we're at in chapter 20, verse 1. It says the, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meunites united, and they came against Jehoshaphat. In verse 3, it says Jehoshaphat was afraid. There's a lot of fear in the atmosphere right now that we want to overcome. We want to cancel fear over God's people right now. Jehoshaphat was afraid, turned his attention to seek the Lord and proclaim to fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to seek help from the Lord. How many know that America needs help right now from the Lord? <clears throat> seek help from the Lord. They even came from all the cities of Judah to seek the Lord. 
And so I want to jump ahead, verse 6. This is part of Jehoshaphat's prayer before the Lord. He says, and he said, O Lord, the God of our fathers, you are not God in the heaven. Are you not God of the heavens? And are you not ruler over all the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hand so that no one can stand against you. So Tanner, what's going on right there? What's he doing? Well, I love that he starts, they're in this place of crisis. I mean, crazy crisis. Probably none of us have been in, well, unless you were in the army, been in a place where you're about to the next day go to war and most likely die in the natural, right? And he starts his prayer with reminding, reminding their hearts and putting before them, Lord, you are the God of our ancestors. Are you not the God who is in heaven? And um, I think that's so important that when we come to the Lord, whatever's going on, the first thing we do is put in front of us who God is and who he is to us, who he, who he is and who he is for us. Um, yeah, so um, that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's stopping in the midst of the challenges and it's just like, it's, I mean, he's reminding God, this is who you are. I'm reminding you, God. I don't know about you, but right now I've been in a season of reminding God about his promises. Like, God, you said, whoever blesses Israel shall be blessed. Anybody pull on that one any lately? Lord, you promised that whatever nations blessed Israel, you would bless. And so we're reminding God, but he doesn't need to be reminded. We're actually <laughs> reminding ourselves of the promises of God. It's a crucial place to go to when we're in these storms and in these uh, hard times. Verse 7, he says, did you not? O our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever. They have lived in it and have built you a sanctuary there for your name, saying, and he goes on about how they answered prayer. So the testimony. Can you talk a little bit about cultivating faith in that realm? Yeah, so I just... The testimony. Yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) This is interesting. We, this is interesting. The kind of laugh with this, okay? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Somebody laugh. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love this example that he start. He starts out with, "This is who you are," and then he goes into honesty. This is the situation we're in. Um, but he's he's going through what the Lord has done. You know, we we don't know how to view situations until we view it through Jesus. Because we're not people, we're not mere men who just respond to life like normal humans. The second Corinthians, I think it's Corinthians, uh, Paul says, "Why are you acting like mere men? We're not mere men. We're sons and daughters of God, right? And He's our God, so we respond to life through who He is and through what He's done." And um, <clears throat> so, one of the things we've been talking about this week is the power of thankfulness. I was excited to come into this month where we celebrate thankfulness in 2020. I was like. Man, if we need something, it's to get a hold of the power of thankfulness. We talk all the time about how our mouth is a gate and how um, right now is the decade of the mouth and how uh, we believe that there's, there's an assignment right now to shut the mouth of the believers, but the Lord wants us to, to declare the goodness of God and to partner with him to prophesy what he's doing. So, um, so it's thankfulness. Um, is actually, I feel like, a key that guards that, sorry, thankfulness reveals our faith level. That's what I was trying to say. Got there. Thankfulness reveals our faith level. 
if we're, if we're not living with abiding faith, then we need to go back and check our faith level. Because our response, faith is simply the awareness of who he is. If we're aware of God in an area of our, of our heart, we don't have to work up faith. We have faith for it because we know who he is. So faith is simply the awareness of God. That's good. And so um, thankfulness is the overflow of the awareness of God. It's the natural response from our human hearts is when we see him we re- and we see his goodness and his greatness, we respond with thankfulness and with worship, right? So if you're finding a lack of, of an abiding of thankfulness, not you, when we <laughs> find the lack of abiding of thankfulness in our lives, we need to go back and get more faith. And so where do we get faith? Is the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And who is the word? Is Jesus. So we go to the word, Jesus. We go to the testimony of who he's been, who he is in our life. And then we get the gift of faith by focusing our hearts on the word. And the overflow of that is thankfulness. So, yeah. When Did we, we were, get there? We were sitting talking on Friday for a few minutes, kind of thinking through. And Tanner made this statement. I actually wrote it down. He says, and you're saying main thing, what you're saying there. If we're not living with abiding thankfulness, then our faith needs to be re-energized by the word and the testimonies. And last week we yep. were talking about, <laughs> we are talking about, yeah, good word, Tanner. <laughs> we were, we were, ta- last week we were uh, reminding ourselves of, of Irvin being healed of COVID and he was in the hospital and, uh, on the ventilator for several days, about a week, he was actually on the ventilator, and in an induced coma for, I think, eight days. Um, And so we found out, our church started praying, and what I reminded myself of was, you're praying for Chris Marshall. I don't know if everybody knows Chris, but he's one of our elders, and he had a heart transplant, and in the process, he almost died. And uh, Kathy was at the hospital called us, and we were having church. We all prayed like we fervently prayed, and and he was taken care of. And so immediately when we hit this trial with Irvin's life, I'm reminding myself of the testimony of Jesus, which increases my faith. We can do it again by prayer to see Irvin healed. And so Irvin, you know, responded to the Lord's strength as we prayed. So here's what we got to get you guys. We want God to rescue our nation, our city, our family, our marriage, whatever it may be. Our faith determines how much of God we attract. So unbelief keeps God at a distance. Faith draws him near. And so learning how to steward our hearts in the trials, in the in the wars, in the storms, is so crucial for us seeing God get the breakthrough we're looking for. Does that make sense? And this is what they're doing here. Complaining, and nobody ever complains in this room, but every once in a while I do. Bill Johnson says this, complaining proves nothing but that you can hear the voice of the devil. How come you're the only one that laughed? <laughs> Everyone else is thinking, ouch. <laughs> Rude. Okay, so if it. <laughs> okay, so this is really this is a really honest moment here, like, let's let's be um. What are they, what, what's that fasting negativity? 
that the backlinks do. That's something we should do this season. It's fast negativity. Like, let's not complain. Let's worship Jesus. Oh, well. That's what they did here. In the midst of the desperation, they worshiped the Lord. Very quickly, I want to go through this story. So they're leaning on the Lord. This verse 12 says, Oh, Lord, uh, you, won't you judge the, the enemy? For we are powerless before this great multitude who are coming against us. Nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before the Lord with their infants, their wives, and their children. Something that I want, I want to make sure that we get a hold of is sometimes, you know, we, I long for the corporate gathering. I'm so glad we're here. I, I think this is amazing. I'm so glad that I get to be close to you. We're together. We're pulling on heaven. We get to love on each other, encourage each other. The corporate gathering is really important. However, the Lord is stressing to us the importance of our homes and those places where you can come together with two or three um, it's so crucial that Shannon and Gabe understand, and I know you guys do, that they bring their two young ones in, and because this says the children came together, and their prayers, and your coming into agreement with kingdom of heaven, coming to earth, are so crucial. You don't have to wait for the corporate gathering. Somebody say amen. It, it, something that Brynn and I have, have, like, it's almost like we've discovered it in a fresh way, like, we just like, we contend in our living rooms for, the heaven, for heaven to invade earth. We contend in our pickup because we feel the spiritual warfare going on. And we're saying, God, show off your glory in this hour. But I want us to understand the power of the children. Um, can you show Psalm 8 too, real quick, Stephen? Uh, Rebecca came up and showed me the scripture be- after the first service. Look at this. You have built a stronghold by the songs of, somebody say babies. Strength rises up with the chorus of singing children. This kind of praise has the power to shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Now, a few weeks ago, several weeks ago, we gave a little 14-month. You have a 14-month nephew, Miles, and, and we sing this song with him all the time. My God is so... Big. So he knows this part. Big. So strong and so mighty. He knows this part. There's nothing my God cannot do. Here's the deal. We don't understand the power of simple songs. And especially the children engaged. So anyway, I wanted to grab a hold of that real quick. Because they called upon the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to Haziel, the son of Zechariah. And this is what he said, verse 15. Listen, all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Verse 17 says, you need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. O Judah and Jerusalem, Do not fear. It's amazing how many times in the Bible Jesus says, do not fear. Do not fear or be dismayed, what God says. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. And so Jehoshaphat responds this way. He bowed his head and his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Can you talk to us about that response, the power of it? Yeah. 
Well, first, I love the do not fear. I love when the Bible says things like that because it's empowering that when the Bible says do not fear, we actually have, we have the ability to disin ourselves not to fear in obedience. And um, that's super encouraging in a culture where feeling is king, you know, um, where our emotion is king. And in every, every Disney movie, I like some Disney movies, but I'm just saying every movie is like follow your heart. Can anyone else in the room say following your heart is a really bad plan unless it's submitted to the Holy Spirit or it's submitted to some good principles? Like you're going to ruin your life real quick if you're just following your emotions. So true. So, so I, love, I love that that says um, be not afraid. And the way that we do that is by, is by submitting our hearts to what he said. So we, we put what he said in front of us and we say, thank you, Lord that you said, greater peace do I give to you. Not, not as the world gives. I give you peace. And so I don't feel peace. God, thank you that you give me peace. So I love, I love that. And then um, they fell down and worshiped the Lord. Um, we're going to keep reading, but I love in this story, they worship at the beginning of the battle, they worship in the middle, and they worship at the end. And, um, and even though they're in the place of complete need, very real, tangible need. Their, their song before the Lord is a song of surrender. Yeah. And they express their need, but it's also a song of surrender. And you guys know when we come to worship the Lord, we're not coming to convince him of something. You know, I'm not, we're, we're coming to, to surrender to him. Worship means to bow down. That's, yeah. that's one of the main meanings of worship. It's to bow down. So we're giving him that place of complete um, authority and complete honor. And so, and so I just love that before the battle, they pray, they pour out their hearts, but then they, but then they bow down. And it makes me think of, I was talking this week with dad about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and their response to um, King Nebuchadnezzar. And um, <clears throat> the accusers came and were like, these guys didn't bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar's like, I'm going to throw you in the fire unless you bow down now. And their response to him is just awesome. They say, we don't even have to respond to you, O king. That's like, that's a key for spiritual warfare right now. Sometimes we just need to hit the ignore button. Hit the flush. Hit the ignore. Serious. That's such a techie nowadays to hit the yeah. ignore. Anyways, dislike. Um, <laughs> cheesy. So, um, <laughs> oh yeah, so... They said, O king, we don't even have to respond to you. For our God, if you do put us in the fire, is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow and worship um, the false gods. That's and good. so our posture in worship is we first come because he's worthy and because of who, who he is to us. We come and, and we lay down and we give him what's intense to us. But we don't worship to convince him of something. We worship because he's worthy. 